your favorite ripping boy. <laughs> now starting at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins out of the University of California at Los Angeles, number three, Josh Rosen. It's time to make some picks for NFL week number three here on Unscripted, episode number 393 with Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke. We are here. Thank you for joining us. We'll dedicate this whole episode 393 to our picks for the Sunday games and the Monday night game uh, to round out week number three. When do the buys start in what, week five? Week four. Week four. So next week, they'll be the first one. Yeah, buys. I think Jets and Browns. There's only two. There's only two teams on buy in week four. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so it's just a slight one. Yeah. Well, I remember a couple years ago when the Chargers, their opening week was a bye week. I'm it, glad we don't have that. They, well, they... Uh, oh, oh, no, wait. Well, it was that... What was it? Tampa and... Miami wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was the well, and they, it wasn't supposed to be week one, but it's because the game got canceled due to weather, so they just oh, made it. Okay, that's why. Oh, no. okay. Um, right. Until a few years ago, the buy started week three. Correct, and then they moved it to. Week I still four. think week three is too early. It absolutely is. Week way four, too week early. four might is is on the fence, but at least it's not week three. No, here they've got now, so they've got from week four to week twelve, which I think yeah, is that's is, fair. Is fair, yeah. That's fair. Um. Let's see. Sunday, let's start. Oh, let's start at the same place we started last week. That seemed to work well for us. Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Um, I got to say this before we get in. The Packers have got to take advantage of this unbelievable, weird schedule. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the end, the second half of the season, they're on the road the whole damn... Mm-hmm. Because the first half of the season, they're at home all the time. They play at home on Sunday. They Well, they played last Sunday at home. They play at home, obviously, this Sunday. They're at home Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Dallas, and then they're home for a couple more games. So like six of their first seven games, or six out of eight, are all in Lambeau. So this is where the Packers have to make hay. Um, The Packers open up as seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the visiting Denver Broncos. We know Denver is offensively challenged, um, but we do know that they have two unbelievably talented defensive ends, outside linebackers, whatever you want to call them, and Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. Unbelievable. I got to say this too. Unbelievable how the Packers have started out against the Bears front, the Vikings front, and now the Broncos front. Mm-hmm. And it's only because we have two really good tackles and Balaga's healthy, which is amazing. But if Balaga and Bakhtiari can get through one more week of these two guys, um, the Packers should be in pretty good shape. Um, again, seven and a half point favorites for the home, the homestanding Packers. Still offensive issues. I don't care what anybody says. But as I just learned from a friend of mine in Green Bay Thursday afternoon is that uh, left guard Lane Taylor will not play. He's got a bicep injury. And I'm telling you, folks, if you watch the Packers like I do, watch his replacement. The left guard is going to be our second-round draft pick out of Mississippi State, a kid by the name of Eldon Jenkins. And uh, he is a stud. And you put him next to Bakhtiari with uh, Corey, our center, the kid from the Ohio State University, and our left side of our offensive line is going to be freaking strong. And um, I got to tell you, um, this is a tough one for me to pick because, again, the Packers are a bit offensively challenged yet, and they also have to think, think about it this way. They've got the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Lambeau in four days after this game. 
So do you maybe rest a few guys? I don't know. Um, but I still think the Packers have to get their offense on track. And I know Denver is a tough team to do it against, but you're also dealing with Denver's offense, <laughs> which is <laughs> dog shit. Um, Denver should be at the very least one and one. They should have won last week in Denver. Uh, against the Bears. Who figured a Bears kicker to hit a game-winning field goal? Yeah. But uh, seven and a half, um, I'm a bit of a homer. I know my brain is telling me that I should be taking the Packers straight up and the Broncos against the spread, but I ain't going to do that. I'm taking the homestanding Packers both ways. Wow, okay. Uh, I'll take the Packers outright, but I've definitely got to take Denver plus seven and a half. The there haven't been any great offensive outputs for the Packers other than the first quarter uh, last week. And right. so that's concerning. They jumped out to a 21 nothing lead, and then Rodgers was shaking his hand and then never scored another point. So I don't know if anything's going on there. He's not on the injury report. But, Correct. But uh, that's something to monitor for sure. Look, also, I don't mean – I'm sorry. i got to say this, though. Um, there was a drop. There's a number of a couple of drops. There was a fumble for from Geronimo Allison, mm-hmm. who's still we're still trying to figure out who our number two receiver is after Devontae Adams. Um, so there were a couple of things there offensively, and even Matt LaFleur, the coach, talked about it in his postgame presser that the Packers left probably anywhere from 10 to 14 points on the field. So again, um, I'm hoping that that 10 to 14 points is shows up this weekend because I think Denver's defense is good, but I think Chicago's and Minnesota's are both better. And I think the Packers need to show something consistently. They don't need to score 21 points a quarter, but they can't have 21 in a quarter and then get shut out the rest of the way because mm-hmm. that opens up a lot of can of worms and a lot of can of whoop-ass. Uh, that's why I have decided to, it's not the smartest thing. If you're smart, you do what Chris is doing, but uh, I'm not that smart. That's why I'm going Packers both ways. Fair enough. Uh, well, I just I pulled up the live draft grades from. I wanted to send a thank you, by the way, to uh, Walter Cherpinski at WalterFootball.com, a great uh, football website, my favorite site to go to. He uh, he sent a shout out and a promotion of Unscripted this week in his uh, daily or his weekly picks updates. Oh, really? Yeah, we emailed back and forth a bit, and I've I've done. Um, you know, writing for his site. I, it, that's where I posted my Josh Rosen article and got 100,000 views. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I just was talking with him. And so he said that he wants to start uh, promoting something every week in his big picks article where he does these massive write-ups on every single game. And so this week he promoted Unscripted with Mike and Chris and really? put, put a link to us and everything. Can you yeah. send that to me? Yeah, I'll show I you. I want to see Yeah, you, you'll like his site too. But anyway, so I went to his. Uh, when when the NFL draft is on every year, he does live grade. Like he really studies. He's, so what he did is he made this website as a high school project 20 years ago and it's become and it became his full-time job and that's the only job lucky he's ever bastard had. yeah no kidding so i mean worked hard and everything but well, sure got a hell of a site but anyway so here i pulled up uh here's his live uh, grade and write up on uh El- elton jenkins uh from this past from what draft was that this, this year or this last? year's just this back year's. in april yeah so number 44 green bay yep. packers yep. elton jenkins uh center slash guard from mississippi state walt gave that an a minus grade 
and he's here's what his what he said. It's not going to be a long, long time until Elgton. I, I have a hard time with that name. Elgton. Elgton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a long, long time until Elgton Jenkins has to start for the Packers. They have some interior offensive line concerns, and it's nice that Jenkins can play any position on the inside. Jenkins could have been chosen a bit earlier than this, as I wouldn't have criticized a team for taking him at the very end of the first round. Damn right. So this is a solid pick by the Packers for once. <laughs> and I got to tell you, this is uh, this is something that I remember from April. Mm-hmm. Um, his three years as a starter on the Mississippi State offensive line, he allowed one sack. Wow. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty damn good. Even in the Southeastern Conference with yeah. those, you know, mostly running yeah. quarterbacks, yeah. spread option quarterbacks, to only allow one sack, pretty freaking that's, amazing. That's stellar. But I just wanted to say with the game itself, the uh, I have to take Denver because, number one, they're going to be desperate to avoid an 0-3 right. start because that means your season's over. And number two, I think that we could see the Packers potentially looking a bit ahead to four days against a big time team in the Philadelphia Eagles. So and if, and, and, and Rodgers hundred percent. So all and this. Don't you stuff. think maybe there'd be a bit of a letdown in regard to Green Bay? A lot of people thought there's a damn good chance if they were able to get one and one out of those first two games. And then there were also a lot of people that thought they could be zero and two after those two games. Sure. You know, new offense, new coach, yada yada yada. For them to come out two and zero. That's about as best as you could start in Green Bay. Well, they can really thank the defense for a lot. Their well, defense sure. is excellent. And Brian Gutekunst and uh, bringing the Smith boys in and the safeties wow. in. and yeah, that was, that was a hell of a day for the Packers that day, signing those guys. But uh, also, if you look at it, the Packers haven't scored twenty one more than 21 points in a game this season. Let's say they only score 21 against Denver, who's got a very good defense. Uh, what do you got there? So all that Flacco has to do is score seven points and then... Uh, garbage time touchdown at the end, and they cover. I mean, so I got to go with the cover there. I agree. I agree, but I'm a homer. Um, we're going to the old Rich Stadium. I don't know what the hell they call it in Buffalo anymore. I really don't care. The Cincinnati Bengals take their traveling road show to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The, bu- the Bills come in as uh, six-point underdogs. Um, their first home game, but they haven't left the state of New York. I got the Bills both ways. It's easy. I don't really know if there's needs to be a lot of other discussion. I think Buffalo has done very well the first two weeks, um, and I think uh, they're home opener. They're going to be fired up, and uh, I think they're good enough to cover six against the the uh, visitor Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, Cordy Glenn isn't going to get to play against his old team, and he's the only viable O-lineman they really have, and so he's out. Carl Lawson's doubtful. Mixon's banged up. Uh, the AJ Green's still out. Like they, they're just they're super injured on top of everything else. They put in a great effort week one, the Bengals. Yes, they did. But uh, yeah, Buffalo's great at home a lot of the time, even when they're not that great a team. And this year they are a great team, and they're two and zero after two road games. You're you're right. So yeah, Buffalo both ways. Okay, um, big news coming out of. <laughs> I tried to keep a straight face. I couldn't do it. Okay. Um... <laughs> The uh, Miami Dolphins, who we have officially uh, terminated, have turf, uh, have uh, made the proclamation that they have terminated their season. They're turfed the season. They aren't trying. Um, they are officially tanking. I don't care what anybody says. They go to Dallas. Dallas is 23-point favorites in this game. But there's a silver lining for the Miami Dolphins. Your favorite <laughs> ripping boy. Now starting at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins out of the University of California at Los Angeles, number three, Josh Rosen. Is that going to make a difference? No, not at all. Um, I, you know, I if it was a normal situation, first of all, if it was a normal situation, there wouldn't be a 23-point line. 
But even in this situation, I have trouble with a team covering a 23-point advantage in a National Football League game. It's supposed to be more competitive than that. But after reading Chris's notes to me and doing my own research and knowing that the Cowboys, uh, I think the Cowboys are one of the best teams or better teams in the NFC this year for sure. I don't think they're the best. They've surprised me a little bit with their 2-0 start. But uh, I have the Cowboys in this one both ways just because Miami's lying down, just lying down. They just want, they want the season to be over already. And uh, I think the, you know, if this game ends up 24 nothing, that's all we need. And uh, I'm taking the Cowboys both ways. Yeah, I think you have to. It's it's tough to yeah cover that much in the NFL or expect to. Yeah, I I seem to remember the only spread ever that high. I think the highest spread of all time was 24 and a half. Yeah, unless it was 27 and a, it was either 24 and a half or like 26, 27 and a half. It was uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s against the creams the cold buccaneers oh, in pittsburgh okay. that was and I, I know that if you look up the top 10 spreads in nfl history from what i remember when i did this a couple of years ago uh the number 10 spread was covered by the favorite they did win by enough and the number one spread the steelers uh was also covered but two through nine were not covered the the underdog plus the points was the winning side so at the nfl level it's very risky when you get into the, the 20s it's very risky to take the favorite but in this case, we're almost getting into uncharted territory here where not only is this team maybe now the worst of all time anyway, but then they're not trying. Now, you never know. All of a sudden this week they could decide they're going to try and they just want to, they're tired of looking like, uh, you know, a bunch of jokers. But at this point, when they've shown us no effort at all, when you see, was it Kalen Ballage, I think, was like got a short pass and he ducked out of the way of it at that one play? <laughs> like... And now you have Josh Rosen, who has been it's been well documented by me. <laughs> Dude, six figures worth of people have seen this about why he sucks uh, and doesn't really. And and of all people, even if you like his talent, he's known for not caring. So you have had a guy who doesn't care on a team that doesn't care. I have to take Dallas both ways. I just I don't. I'm left with no option. Miami's giving me nothing to work. If they gave me anything, I I would take them, and they give me nothing. Couldn't agree more. Uh, home opener at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The homestanding Colts take on the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Indy comes in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Indianapolis has surprised me so far this year in regard to they don't seem to have had a hangover from the loss of Andrew Luck. Chris has been saying all year long, and you get people got to start listening to him. He knows what the hell he's talking about. He's been talking about they still have a good offensive line. They still have a lot of pieces, and they aren't going to quit. And I give Frank Reich a lot of credit for that. That new general manager is a winner too, Ballard. I, I really like that young man. Um, Indianapolis is, down the line in my opinion, going to have to make an acquisition for a quarterback, whether it's via the draft or a free agent signing. But for right now... I think they're good enough to cover the points and uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons at home, both straight up and against the spread. I'm kind of the opposite of you in that I've been high on the Colts from the beginning, including when Luck retired, 
but I'm against him this week because Darius Leonard is out and yeah. he is so important to them. You know, he should have won Rookie of the Year last year. He was unbelievable. Now Jabal Sheard is out for them as well. It's going to hurt their defense. And yes, I knew they'd rely a lot in the ground game. They would have anyway, but especially with luck out. Uh, they do have that great O-line. But now Marlon Mack is questionable. He got one limited practice in yesterday on Friday. It's his calf. He's leading league in carries. So if he goes on, I know they still have Wilkins and Hines who are okay. But that's that's a big deal. I, I know that they're inconsistent, but I do have to take Atlanta both ways here. At least it is a dome, which uh, it's going to make them feel right at home. So, uh, yeah, I have to go with Atlanta. This is the first game, obviously, home opener, obviously. But this is the first game without Andrew Luck. And... Uh, I was really hard on the Indianapolis Colts fans, and I still would be. Those morons that were booing him in that exhibition game when they had found out that he was about to retire. I thought that was bullshit, and I still think it's bullshit. But I think this is a a great rallying thing in regard to the Indianapolis Colts because obviously they've seen, Indianapolis fans have seen that their team hasn't quit. And I know you bring up a valid point. There's a lot of injuries for Indianapolis. Philadelphia's got a lot of injuries. This is what happens, I think. And it plays a role when you don't play the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, and it was funny. I was listening to one of the talking heads last week, and I don't remember who it was. I wish I would because I'd, I wish I would have remembered because I'd give credit to one of the pinheads that made some sense. But the first four weeks of the NFL season is the preseason because the stars don't play in the exhibition season yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, not only is Indy incredibly banged up, Atlanta has one injury, their punter, and that's it. Oh, yeah, the guy with the bad groin. Yeah. So. I'm not going to ask how he got injured. <laughs> um, let's go on. Um, a lot of people, and I found this funny. You know, I read a lot during the week. I don't do a lot during the week, so I've got time to read. And uh, I read a lot the, the, from the pundits around National Football League circles that believe this game that we're about to take a look at could be a preview of the AFC Championship game. I don't agree. Some people are saying that the Baltimore, uh, I was going to say Baltimore Colts, but I caught myself. The Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs could be a preview of the AFC Championship game come January. Again, I don't agree with it. Kansas City is at home, five and a half point favorites. I think Kansas City walks all over this team. Um, Yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm just waiting for somebody to shut Lamar Jackson up, and I mean, we know he's not the best thrower. He's made some surprising throws already this year, but again, it's been against the Miami Dolphins, who have rolled over and died, and the Arizona Cardinals, who should roll over and die. And Arizona has better players than Miami, for damn sure, but still... They were missing their top two corners. Right, absolutely. I was getting to that. And I just think that Kansas City... It is Kansas City's home opener, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, see, there you go. 80,000 in Arrowhead. They're going to be all jacked up for this. I have the Colts both ways. I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. You said the the Colts both ways. Sorry, Chiefs. (laughs) C-H-I-E-F-S, Chiefs. That reminds me, did you ever see that great Snickers commercial where the guy is making the end zones and and he's he's, in Kansas City? (laughs) And and someone's like, hey, nice job, but who are the chefs? Yeah, I do remember. I remember our buddy Greg still loves that because we always remember the guy, if you listen to what he's muttering under his breath when he realizes he screwed up, he goes, great googly moogly. (laughs) (laughs) Which is TV for shit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, who are the chefs? Anyway, but um, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City both ways. I know... 
uh, a lot of the pros I know are betting on Baltimore plus really? the points. Now, it, it is sort of a default position of sharp betters in Vegas to take the underdog plus the points. I think if there's one weakness to sharp betters, it is that they do that a little too much. But uh, yeah, look, I know that Kansas City doesn't have the greatest defense or anything. They do have the Honey Badger back there. They do have a new defensive coordinator and everything. They can't be worse than last year. Uh, but yeah, Arizona, or sorry, uh, Arrowhead rather does have the record for loudest mm-hmm. crowd by decibels. And it's going to be loud in there. And they have great home fans. And uh, we have not seen Lamar Jackson have to go on the road other than Miami. And we have not seen him play any good secondaries at all. Not that he will really here, but... Uh, we haven't seen him tested yet. Even if he does okay here, I just don't see a way Patrick Mahomes doesn't find a way to win. And then after that, we are going to see Lamar Jackson get exposed at some point this year for sure. I, I don't mind his success right now. There's people that I'm a lot uh, more unhappy with than Lamar Jackson. He can go ahead and have his success. He seems like a nice guy. But uh, yeah, this is this is Kansas City's day. It's their home opener. Um, A rematch of Super Bowl... Gee, I don't know what it was. I know the year, 1977. The Oakland Raiders and the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Uh, Vikings got their ass kicked again. That's why they're 0-4 in Super Bowls, and I still enjoy that to this day. Um, Even the Bears have won nine championships. Um, But Oakland, this is the beginning of their two-month traveling odyssey, (laughs) which will include most of the continental United States and a little trip over the pond to England. But uh, Oakland hits the road for a long, long road trip. Minnesota is the homestanding team at U.S. Bank, and they come in as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Oakland's beat up. Oakland's got problems. Minnesota's pissed off after what happened to them last week in Green Bay. Um, I think the Vikings win both ways. Yeah, this is, like I mentioned to you in that email, this is one of those rare games where the public and the pros are on the same side, and they're both pounding the Vikings, even minus all the points. And uh, the books, I know, I think Pinnacle was the first one to really bump it up to nine and a half because this line opened about seven, seven and a half originally. And uh, yeah, and so it's all the way up there. The the books are begging for money on Oakland and there's just not enough there. This is one of those games, I think, where Kirk Cousins will actually look okay. He seems to choke in the big games, but he often looks okay against, you know, bad teams. So uh, I could see Minnesota running all over them. Dalvin Cook has looked amazing. I've never been against Delvin Cook. I wasn't drafting him in fantasy this year because I was concerned about the O-line. I was concerned mm-hmm. about him being mm-hmm. injury prone. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I remember last year, a year ago, when I was preparing for my draft, I was really looking at the underlying numbers. And his underlying numbers were just unbelievable. I mean, I was looking, I was like, this guy, if you really look at the numbers underlying, he could be the most talented back in the league if you just look at this. And so I almost wish I would have taken him a little more. I'm assuming he still gets hurt, especially with the bad O-line, but... Who knows? For now, he's he's you. You can make the case he's looked like the best back in the league so far through a few games. And uh, yeah, I, I got to take Minnesota both ways. If you are just joining us, I'll never forget you. If you are just joining us, welcome to episode number three hundred ninety-three of Unscripted. As Chris and I are going through our uh, Sunday and Monday picks to wrap up week number three in the National Football League, uh, we're about halfway through. Let's go to. Oh, I just got a note here. This game has been canceled due to lack of of interest. (laughs) (laughs) The New England Patriots are hosting the New York Jets. The Jets, uh, God bless the Jets. I mean, Jesus Christ. We we're trying to 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 you know pump them up a little bit. They're up sixteen to nothing in Week One. C.J. Mosley gets hurt. They lose to the Bills seventeen to sixteen. 
last week at home, um, they uh, get the Cleveland Browns in town in their own barn for a Monday night game, which happened hasn't happened for the Jets in eons, and they just just didn't look like they even showed up. And it seemed like six snaps into the game, the backup, Trevor Simeon, breaks his ankle. He's done for the year. Now they're down to some shoe salesman who's, I don't even know his name, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Jets are 22-point underdogs on Sunday in Boston. And again, big numbers, same thing in regard to Dallas-Miami, but at least the Jets, A, aren't quitting like the Dolphins. But still, it's the New England Patriots. The Patriots have had another long week with this Antonio Brown bullshit. Um, Yeah, I think, I do think, though, after the Patriots have lost Demarius Thomas, they traded him to the Jets when they thought they were going to be keeping Antonio Brown. So they're probably one receiver short, probably. Um, They still have Gordon. Obviously, they still have Edelman. Uh, But I, I think ultimately somebody in their front office, whether it's Belichick or somebody, uh, we'll make a trade for just to add some depth to their wide receiver core. But for this one in Boston, I can't see the Patriots. Uh, I, 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 I can't see the Jets coming within 22. I really can't. And I'm taking the Patriots both ways. Okay, I, I've got a question for you. So if you had to bet on one of the two big favorites this week, not even point spread, just to win the game, either you had to bet on either the Patriots or the Cowboys this week, just to win the game by one point or more. Patriots, uh, it's Cowboys. And it's so easy to say that, but I'm going to disagree with you on that because I could see a universe. If there is trillions and trillions of universes, I could see one out there where this week Miami tries and Dallas has bad luck and some and all their guys get hurt and Miami tries and somehow wins a game by a point. I could see that theoretically happening in one universe. Probably not much. Right. I cannot see a single universe where Bill Belichick allows himself to be beaten by a third string quarterback in the division. I just, there's just, I don't think in, in all the, in all the uh, universes out there, I just don't see one where that happens. I, I have to take the Patriots both ways as well. I think if, I think if it had to, like Belichick would go out there and start stiff arming people if he had to, like, <laughs> like they're not, and Brady's outright said he hates the Jets. Like they're, yeah. they're not losing to the Jets with a third string quarterback. It's just not happening. It's not even going to be close. They're not even going to toy around. They will put their foot on the throat. If they can, if they're up by, you know, seven touchdowns, they'll try for an eighth. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Well, you know, Belichick, I think one of the things that makes him so successful is he's got an unbelievable mind. Mm -hmm. And part of that unbelievable mind is he doesn't seem to forget a damn thing. Mm -hmm. And what he never seems to forget is that he was the coach of the New York Jets for one day back in 2000 whenever Mm -hmm. and i think he's had an axe to grind against the jets and the organization in total and i agree with you uh i just think you know and you're a much bigger and better gambler than i am but 22 points is a big number on an NFL field, on a college field, on a high school field and and yes there are underlined under underground betting lines on high school games don't kid yourself um, but I just think this one, you know, the Patriots have had a long last 12 days of its Antonio Brown bullshit. Um, and you know, the Patriots kind of, I think are embarrassed a little bit in regard that there is a feeling I feel anyway, that a lot of people think that the Patriots are up here 
And everybody else is kind of down here because of the six championships. And everybody was saying that as soon as Antonio Brown got picked up by the Patriots, that he was going to be saved and he was going to come and he was going to participate and he was going to behave. And he was going to, if there was one team, and I said it myself, if there was one team that he was going to condone his actions and all his extracurricular bullshit, it would be for Belichick and Mr. Kraft and Tom and Tom Brady. And to release him after 12 days, that tells me a lot. And I just think that the Patriots, they're, you know, they've been through Watergate or Watergate. They've been through, <laughs> they've been through uh, uh, Spygate and they've been through Deflategate and they've been through everything and they've been penalized with loss of mm-hmm. first round draft picks and the whole thing. And they just keep rolling along. But this one, they took a bit of a shot to their ego, I think. And I think they're going to come out this week and make the hated Jets pay. Yeah, well, for me to even consider a three-touchdown spread in the NFL, it has to be basically that, uh, you know, the favorite pretty much has to be at home, and you have to have an offense that can put up a lot of points and a solid defense going against an inept offense. And in both cases, we have all of those factors. So I'm I'm okay taking the favorite both ways. I am too, my friend. Uh, Let's go on to... um... Franklin, no, it used to be Franklin Field in Philly. It used to be Veterans Stadium. Now it's Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. The Detroit Lions come a-calling. The Lions have surprised people. And remember, in Detroit, they'll tell you they're undefeated. Yes, they are. 1-0-1. Congratulations. Bit of a surprise they beat the uh, L.A. Clippers last week or the L.A. Chargers or whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days. Um, My question to you real quick is Philadelphia going to have enough players to field a team? You were telling me that they didn't even have practice on Friday because they didn't have enough healthy bodies. Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Wednesday, they didn't have enough players to even have practice. They canceled practice because they were so beat up after their game last week. I still think they'll get enough healthy bodies to win the game, but I do believe that the Detroit Lions are going to cover. So I'm taking the Eagles to win straight out. Straight up, excuse me, but I'm taking the Lions against the spread. Yeah, me too. Philly's extremely banged up, and they could also be looking ahead to their Thursday night tilt at Lambeau nice. and having travel and everything. So, Oh, we get to listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman oh, again. That's the one good thing when you're 3-6-1 and one or whatever the Packers were last year. You never see Aikman or Buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Uh, I don't know what else I can really add. I mean, definitely taking the Lions plus the points. I would even consider taking the Lions outright. I'll say Philly for now, but uh, you can check patreon.com slash unscriptedmc for our picks. It will be posted before game time. And uh, I may change to Detroit outright, but for now I'll take Philly outright. But obviously uh, Detroit plus the points. What did you say the spread was for you? Six. Yeah, yeah, definitely Detroit. Let's go on to uh, this game. uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm really disappointed in the start with the Carolina Panthers. I think Carolina fans got to be upset with the start. I got to feel I feel a little bit sorry for Ron Rivera. I think he's a quality coach and a good man, and I think ultimately he's going to lose his job before this season is over. And I think a lot of it has to do with his quarterback. His quarterback will not play this week. He's out with a foot injury, and I'm talking about uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, excuse me, Cam Newton. Um, <laughs> oh come on. Cam Newton uh, will not play. Arizona is the homestanding team here, and because of Newton not playing, the Arizona Cardinals have been installed at uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think Kyler Murray is playing better. I think he had a great fourth quarter in week one against Detroit, obviously, to come back from 24-6 down to at least get a tie. I think he was very good uh, against a good Baltimore defense in week two. 
Um, still hasn't incorporated Larry Fitzgerald enough for my liking, if you're a Cardinals fan, and I know there's only seven of you left. But um, because of the Newton situation and because of Carolina, just there's something not right there, my friend. There's something just not right. And as you have said millions of times, and I'm going to copycat you here because I agree, I think Luke Keekley is one hit away from being retired. And if that happens, the Carolina Panthers are maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL if they lose their quarterback and ultimately down the line, they lose their defensive leader, Luke Keekley. So in this game, pains me to say, because I hate everything about the Arizona Cardinals organization from their drunken front office to their playboy looking coach to their rookie quarterback, but I'm going the Cardinals both ways because I'm a chicken shit. <laughs> yeah, this line until the Cam Newton announcement was Carolina minus two and Correct. a half. Now it's Arizona minus two and a half. I am taking the Carolina Panthers both ways here. Kyle Allen has not looked like an embarrassment. He's throwing into a shitty secondary, missing both of their top two corners, especially Patrick Peterson. Christian McCaffrey is my favorite player, and he is going to get a lot of work. And I yes, think he is. I think he should have a big game. I think it'll look more like week one than week two this week. And I also think that Kyler Murray has not really played against a great defensive line. And you can say whatever you want about the Panthers, but they have a great defensive line that's very scary. And they've got Keekly back there as well. And uh, also, Kyler Murray has not developed any chemistry with his center AQ Shipley at all, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think this one's going to go that well for them. So I'm going to take the Panthers in the upset both ways. Kind of figured you would. Um, let's continue on and go to... Now, this one. this one bothers me a little bit. It was an easy pick, but it, this game itself bothers me. And this game is the New York Giants visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, coincidence? I don't know. Um, what is it when they say... Um, no, I can't remember. I'll remember it someday. Um, What's the situation? you got to start you got to start reading my mind here I do sometimes I know you do and that's why I'm saying get on, you get gotta on give me a little more though. get on the stick here man let's go give, um, me, give me a hint I know um I can't I'll, I'll remember it but um I'm 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 disappointed in the timing of this and what I mean by the timing of this is the New York Giants deciding that they're giving their first round draft pick Daniel Jones the start over Eli Manning this week and I I find this to be disgusting on this level and this is the thing if Eli Manning is struggling right now what do you think a rookie's gonna do and I don't care if it's Tampa Bay I don't care if it's Cleveland I don't care if it's Timbuktu right now New York Giants are struggling against everybody and I don't think this is fair a to Eli Manning but b it's also not fair to the rookie for him to get his first start um I I just think that you're, I think always a rookie's first start, especially at the quarterback position, should be at home because I think if you have a, a home crowd that's got a brain, a collective brain in their head at all, they're probably going to be a little quieter when the offense is there and just try to try to help their rookie quarterback all that they can. But I think there's more to this than just the actuality of making the change. I think the real thing here is that the New York Giants organization are paying homage to Eli Manning in the respect that he's won them two championships and they want him, his career record to stay above or at 500. I think there's something in play here along that line because as we speak here today on Saturday, 
Eli Manning's career record regular season-wise is 116 wins and 116 losses. And if he's the quarterback on Sunday in Tampa Bay, that record is going to go below 500. And I don't think, first of all, I don't think Gettleman's that smart, but I think this comes higher up. I think this is the Mara family saying, listen, let's pay respect to this guy. He's won us two championships. You know, he's not as good as his brother, yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line here is let's pay him some respect and let's make sure he retires as a 500 percentage, a 500 percentage winning quarterback. I've seen this conspiracy theory all week. Conspiracy. Yeah. That's what the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I've seen this all week and I don't know. I really, it's, I don't know. I, I can't decide if I think that they actually did this or they weren't even aware of it. I have no idea. But what I will say is there's been no question that if you factor in the preseason as well, there's been no question Daniel Jones looks like a better quarterback. And the thing is here, these guys are getting drafted at 22. It's not like the NHL where they're 18, they're skinny, and they're years away. Like These guys, in many cases, have been able to step in and play right away. And you don't have to be a Connor McDavid to do that in the NFL. A lot of these guys are physically mature, can just step right in. Right. Even, even O-linemen can get drafted in that year, start and do okay. Yep. right? They can yep. be that physically mature at 22. They wouldn't at 18, but at 22 they can. And so... I have to say he has looked fantastic. I still think he was overdrafted. They should have taken him at 17 instead of six. But man, has he ever looked good. And I wish that Golden Tate suspension was over for an extra uh, option there. But he still has Saquon Barkley. He still has Evan Ingram. And he is getting Sterling Shepard, their number one yep. receiver back this week. Yep. Yep. And also their O-line is underrated uh, for the Giants. And plus, I actually like starting him on the road, especially somewhere, you know, uh, nice warm weather and uh, not not a team that has a good home field advantage. And there will be a few New Yorkers in the stands down in New York in Florida. Yeah, absolutely, you know, there because will. most of the people that retire in New York end up in Florida. So yeah, and there's that too. And Tampa has a terrible secondary, so I think it's a great place to start. And I just I like this. I really do, and I appreciate all your points there. But I like, and not only do I like this decision. I'm taking the Giants both ways because as much as I like Arians, and I have to say as well, the Tampa defense did look improved. Uh, Todd Haley's done a nice job, uh, and part of it was due to he was playing Cam, who couldn't do anything right. Mm. But I'm going to take the Giants both ways here. I think uh, I, I think that they're uh, the better team here, and Jameis, Jameis, if nothing else, Jameis will screw them up. Well, first of all, I, I have to make mention of your comment about the Tampa Bay secondary, the Tampa Bay secondary won them the football game last Thursday night in Carolina with that play by the young man from Florida Hargraves at the end. That was a hell of a well, play. Hargraves is great. I love hell Hargraves. of a play. Well, he's part of the secondary sure, sure. hell of a like play. Him. And second of all, before we get too excited about Daniel Jones, let's remind folks, he looks like an NFL quarterback. He throws a ball like an NFL quarterback, but remember he played his college ball at Duke which is a basketball school in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And second of all, he looked good in the exhibition season when you're not seeing the guys, you're not seeing a first-string defense. So, you know, I don't like Eli. He screwed over Green Bay both times that he made those great and improbable Super Bowl runs. But I think at this point, you let Eli go at least – Till midseason. It doesn't matter if you bring in Daniel Jones, you go back to YA Tittle. The New York Giants aren't going to the playoffs. And as much as I love Saquon Barkley 
and they've got some pieces, as you mentioned. Their offensive line, I would think that the Mara family is a little pissed off at the acquisition of Nate Solder at left tackle. He has not been a difference maker. As good as he was in New England, he gets the big money, and he's pretty much been a non-factor. I'm just going to say that. I'm trying to clean up my act. (laughs) Um, Let's continue on. My upset game of the week. The Houston Texans go west to take on the soccer stadium L.A. Clippers. Oh, excuse me, L.A. Chargers. Um, Clippers come in as, I don't know. When I see L.A.C. here, I I just see Clippers. Um, Chargers come in as three-point favorites. Um, They're coming off a disappointing loss at Detroit. I don't care if you're playing Detroit, whether you're playing in all due respect to our our uh, fantasy football friend who I really enjoyed and my buddy who's got a friend that's a Lions fan and all this other stuff. The Lions aren't good. I don't care. Even though they're undefeated, they're still the Lions. Um, this game is the uh, L.A. Chargers, three-point favorites, at the soccer stadium. But the Texans could have won, and there are some people that believe, minus Drew Brees, they would have won in, in Week 1. They did better in Week 2. I think that uh, in this game, this is my upset of the week. I am taking the Houston Texans, even with butt chin the moron. I'm taking the Houston uh, Texans to win both ways. This is a tough game to pick. I'll give you that. But uh, and they did look really good week one. They were fired up, ready to go. I'm not sure if Deshaun Watson's 100 percent healthy after that really big fall he took in week yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the Houston Texans were not an impressive football team in week two. They beat. Gardner Minshew by one point. Well, and we're very fortunate to beat I, I him by that. one point. I get that. Very. But I'm going back to week one on a national stage. They played very well with one of the NFC's best teams in their home barn. Deshaun Watson leads them to the late touchdown, had a chance to win. I guess if you leave anything more than about two seconds on the clock with Drew Brees, you've got a chance. And I'm, you know, I, I love Drew Brees and I hate what happened to him last week in Los Angeles. And we'll talk about that as we get down into that game. But I just think that there's something wrong in Los Angeles. And I think Derwin James is some of it. I also think they now realize that they really do need Melvin Gordon, regardless if they don't want to pay him more than they should. And I ultimately think that maybe, maybe, Philip Rivers is starting to show his age a little oh, bit. Oh boy! Oh. This has not been. This has not Ooh. been the same Philip Rivers as has been in previous years. I I will disagree with that. I don't. That's I don't fine. think. That, I don't think that's the case. I think that uh, that Mike Williams wasn't even 100, percent and he looked good. Keenan Allen is going to play this week, and he's looked good. And uh, Austin Eckler has been absolutely crushing it as a receiver out of the backfield. Justin Jackson is solid as a running back. I, I both these teams have terrible O lines. Let's just be honest. Sure, absolutely. Let's be honest. But uh, you know what? I kind of like the combination of a Houston team getting coming off a win, which usually is you know bodes not as well for the next week, and and vice versa. I, I like the combination of Houston coming off a win that they maybe should feel a little guilty about, and the Chargers coming home after a brutal loss. I like the combination here to make. The Chargers come out as the better team. I'm actually going to take the Chargers both ways here. Hey, I'm giddy, bud. You know, um, I like it when we disagree on some things. And uh, Wisconsin kicked Michigan's ass today. And the porn star won for me on Thursday night. So mm-hmm. I'm giddy. Um, <laughs> let's go on. Did you see that there was, literally, there was a porn company that wants to sign that guy. <laughs> no kid. No, I'm, no, I'm not I lying. Did. I didn't see that. No. I'm not lying. I saw this. I swear I to God. Know. There was a porn company that contacted whatever his name is, 
because he looks like a 70s yeah, porn yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they want him to do some advertisements for their porn company. Um, this is, you know what? This next game happens out at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, 49ers and Steelers. Steelers have been through the ringer the last... And obviously, as we learn more about what a moron, what a yutz Antonio Brown is, you wonder how Mike Tomlin has put up with yeah. him for nine years. And they're th- probably thinking, my God, you know, that we finally got rid of him. But you look at the things that Pittsburgh has been through in this last year and the players that they've lost. Um, again, listening to some of our former or previous episodes of Unscripted, I was talking to, on one of them recently that um, Pittsburgh has never gone through anything like this. Pittsburgh has always been a place that players want to play for the Rooney family and play for Mike Tomlin and play for Dick LeBeau when he was their defensive coordinator. Um, but Pittsburgh's not the same team anymore. You lose Le'Veon Bell. You lose Antonio Brown. Even you lose uh, Morgan Burnett. Now, not that that's a player on the same stratosphere as Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but what I'm saying is people are trying to get off the SS Pittsburgh. And that never used to happen. Pittsburgh was a place that you knew you could compete for championships. You'd get treated well. You'd get paid well. And it was like people wanted to go there. Well, now people don't want to go there anymore. And you see why the Steelers are struggling. And now that they've lost Roethlisberger with the elbow surgery, this could be a real shit show the rest of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have done something in there. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have been around since 1934. They have never fired a coach. Tomlin could be the first one. A lot like McCarthy in Green Bay last year, after 13 years, 14 years, the message gets stale. The message is the same. You're just tuning them out. Thank God you don't have Antonio Brown in there recording the messages and the themes anymore. But Pittsburgh is not the same. There's just something missing there. The Pittsburgh Steelers could always regard could always rely, excuse me, on their defense. They can't do that anymore. They just aren't the same. There's something missing. And I think San Francisco, home opener for the Niners. Um, they've had two long road trips to Tampa Bay and to Cincinnati. They come home, first game at home. Garoppolo makes his first appearance in Levi since week five last year when he blew out the knee. I think everything's looking positive right now for the 49ers, and I have the 49ers. And the, and the spread that I have from Bovada was 6.5. I'll stay with 6.5. I have the Niners both ways, and it could get ugly. It's really hard to tell who the San Francisco 49ers are. They could be one of the best teams in the league right now, or they could be lucky, and I can't tell. It's really hard to tell. Uh, Pick-sixing Jameis Winston. uh, Winston, You you, and I could do that. You and I could do that, exactly. And then beating a terrible Bengals team that was just overrated going into that week because they tried really hard against the Seahawks. So, boy, I cannot tell. I just, I don't, it's really hard to tell what's going on with this Niners team. So instead, I'll look at the Steelers and I will just say Mason Rudolph looked solid. He was a higher draft pick and he was fairly highly touted. Uh, clearly, the Steelers aren't giving up. They trade their first round pick next year for Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. And that's right. That, that is a risky play. If I, amazing trade by the Dolphins. I mean, you trade him for a first round pick from a team that just lost their. Hall of Fame quarterback and could absolutely have a terrible year. You could get a top five pick, maybe. Yeah. Brilliant. I don't think it will be a top five pick, but it's a great trade for the Dolphins. 
But that means, hey, they're trying. They want someone. They've got that Devin Bush who looks like the real deal. Yep. They've got Minka Fitzpatrick back there now. Yep. They've still got Joe Hayden as a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. And they've got a lot they've of offensive They've got the Watt brother on, on one end. Watt has looked yep. very good. Yes, yep. he's looked very good. And uh, you know what? This team overall is pretty solid. We're just thinking, oh, well, they don't have the big arm Ben Roethlisberger there. But if Rudolph is solid... There's no reason this can't be a solid team. But And I don't disagree with you, but don't you think it's going to take a couple of weeks for Mason Rudolph to get the rust off? And remember, his last, besides last week against Seattle, and he did look good, but Seattle's not a top-10 defense. No, I don't give a anymore. shit what anybody nope. says. Nope. It's not the Legion of Boom anymore. Nope. Plus, the last real competitive snaps that Mason Rudolph has played was at Oklahoma State. So I'm just saying, yes, I agree with you that Pittsburgh is not quitting, but I think there's a... A, a, a probationary period for the new young quarterback. And I think whereas they're going through this change, San Francisco is going to be ready for these guys, home opener, a lot of positive things happening in the Bay Area. And I just think that maybe later down the road, Pittsburgh will get their stuff together. But I think it's an awful lot to ask a rookie quarterback to go in, replacing, like you say, and I agree, a Hall of Famer in Roethlisberger. It's a tough spot for the young man to be in. There's a line of thinking out there that is when a team loses a big-time quarterback that they try that much harder the next week. Sure. And so I think that we we might see that from Pittsburgh. Uh, And there's also a line of thinking out there that says that when a team is not used to winning and all of a sudden they find themselves as favorites, they're undefeated, they're, you know, all these expectations are on them against a team that all of a sudden everyone's giving up on, that's a tough position for them and they kind of choke under that so for all those factors i'll still take the niners to win but i'm going to take the steelers with the points sounds good to me another game with a transition if you will um involved with it the new orleans saints after what happened last week in los angeles and you know i still can't believe how strong aaron donald is oh yeah you know it was aaron donald's hand yeah (laughs) that did this to the to the ligament of of drew Brees' thumb and I just can't believe how strong Aaron Donald is. My God, that man is a stud. Um, I don't agree with what I heard this week in regard to Sean Payton making the proclamation that's going to be a team at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater starting, but you're going to see some Taysom or whatever the hell you Taysom say. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Um, I think that if they want Teddy Bridgewater to play to full capacity and get comfortable for at least the next six weeks as the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. You've got to let him be the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints because, really, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't taken significant snaps at the NFL level since 2015 when he blew out his knee in, in the preseason and a horrific knee operation and a horrific injury. And I like Teddy Bridgewater. I feel for him. But he is the highest-paid backup in the National mm-hmm. Football League at over $7 million a year. And I think here's a chance for Teddy to prove something. And I don't like that they're going to kind of limit his, from what I'm hearing, is that they're going to kind of limit his snaps a little bit. I think that's bullshit. you got to throw him into the fire and let him go. And that's the reason with all this change. And it's going to be difficult enough. You know, I only played at the high school level, so I don't know. But I can tell you, when you go in and listen to another, another a snap count or another cadence, it's an adjustment. And in Seattle where it's just deafening to play in that damn stadium out there. Um, I think it's going to be a tough spot for the New Orleans Saints right now. I wish that if, well, I wish that Drew Drew Brees wouldn't have gotten hurt, but ultimately I think playing your first game in Seattle as the the temporary starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, I think that's a 
probably the toughest place that you could end up having to play that first game. Seattle comes in as four-point favorites, and because of that, I'm taking the Seahawks both ways. I don't think that they're going to do the two-quarterback thing the way that you're picturing. I think that, first of all, no matter what their strategy is, I think Sean Payton comes out and says we're doing a two-quarterback thing just to make it tougher for the Seahawks probably. to prepare for. Yeah, probably. Secondly, even when Drew Brees is playing, they'll sometimes it seems like excessive. They'll bring in Taysom Hill quite a bit. I'll just random downs. They'll just bring him in and he'll run the play and Drew Brees will run over the sideline for a play and yeah. Taysom Hill comes in. They do that all the time with right. Drew Brees in there. So I think they're just going to do that uh, with, but that's probably in favorable down and distance and that sort of stuff. Well, maybe and all Hill has to do is take a snap and run because that's one of his real strengths is being able to run with the football. Although I did watch him in the preseason this year and he looked really good as a passer. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking more at Taysom Hill to be the heir apparent down the line to Drew Brees over Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater just looked, has looked fairly average. You know who drafted Taysom Hill? The Packers? <laughs> really? Do they? <laughs> One of the great mistakes of Teddy Two Tone Thompson was was deciding to stay with their backup now, which is Tim Boyle, and he let Hill go. Oh yeah, big Teddy. mistake. Hill would have been nice to. Hill would have been Rogers. a hell of a lot better compliment and and a backup to Rogers than either one of those limp dicks that we have now. And we got rid of the biggest limp dick by by releasing Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, so uh, I like Taysom Hill. I think he could do some neat things, and I think he can help this team. Also, keep in mind the Saints have a really good O line, and the yeah. the the Seahawks can't get to the quarterback at all. They got. Uh, clowny now so i mean that's something to watch out for but i think teddy bridgewater is going to have a lot more time this week than he had last week well and you'll have a full a full and, week and of preparation too. and and uh, reps in practice and he is a pro and he was a first round draft pick so the guy can play yeah so it's just been a while i so i don't think the saints are giving up on their season at all uh i am going to take the saints both ways in the upset wow look a at you absolutely i'm going hey that afternoon slate there's five games there I am uh, I am taking outright uh, upsets in almost all of them at least and well and with the points almost all of them too so yeah I'm yeah the afternoon's gonna be fun to watch you know after the start that Chris and I have had this year on our picks we have nowhere to go but up well actually I didn't even look how we did last week to be honest I didn't either week one week uh, one was ugly week one uh, up outright was fine but just uh, yeah against the spread was about as bad as it gets. <laughs> That was horrific. <laughs> this is how far the Cleveland Browns have come. They will make their first ever appearance on Sunday Night Football, <laughs> and they will host... First ever? First ever. on In, in Cleveland. Yeah. First ever in Cleveland. I Al Michaels. I thought it had just been a long time. It's nope. first ever. First how ever. How Sunday Night Football been around? Oh, I want to say 10 years or so. Oh, well, that's it? Yeah. It hadn't oh. been, it hadn't been, uh, you know, Monday night was the exclusive yeah, for the longest time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but the Cleveland Browns are making their, are having Al Michaels, are welcoming Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and Michelle Tafoya. Can't be, got, can't forget the females. Um, they will be making their first trip to Cleveland in a Sunday night capacity. They host the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams come in as three-point favorites. I liked what I saw last week of the Rams. Um, still, I don't know. Maybe you have some insight. Maybe you've talked to Greg. I don't know. I obviously have not. But Gurley still doesn't look 100% to me. I mean, he's getting he's getting reps, but it still doesn't look like the dominating Todd Gurley of a couple of years ago. Um, but regardless of all that, the Rams still have enough to take care of the Browns. Um, 
And this was an easy pick for me. Rams come in as three-point favorites. And I have, and even listen to this, Shampoo Boy even had a sack last week for the Rams. So I guess maybe the warmth has done something for his his uh, speed around the edge. But uh, I have the Rams both ways in this one. Oh, man, this is this is probably my easiest pick of the week, actually, to be honest. Yep. And it's funny, one of the two road favorites, to say that about is weird, but come on, look at these matchups. Freddie Kitchens against Sean McVay, with Sean McVay having an extra day to prepare. Right. Uh, Wade Phillips against Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. I Look, Freddie Kitchens seems like a good salt-of-the-earth dude and like a good football guy and all that, but... He's also a hillbilly that I think he needs to address at home soon. They can't have... They have zero chance. If they commit as many as 18 penalties like they did in the home opener, that kind of undisciplined play against the LA Rams, they won't. That game will be over by halftime. Oh man, I, I bet Wade Phillips is just literally licking his chops yep. at at Baker coming to town. Oh man, he's got to be so excited. Well, I know. Sorry, they have to go to right. Cleveland, I, but yeah, I knew uh, what you're saying. Man, that's that's going to be a fun one. I yeah, and and I understand some people think the Rams have been a bit fortunate, and you know, this year to to be two and zero, but uh, I just Rams 100% in this one. No question. Um, this one, in my opinion, could get ugly early. Really could. Um, Monday night game will wrap up uh, week 17 in the National Football League. The Chicago Bears uh, go to the U.S. capital city. They'll take on the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, wherever the hell that is. Um, Bears come in as four-point favorites. Bears are lucky not to be 0-2. Very lucky to be owned, not to be owned to. Um, the Redskins obviously lost week one. What'd they do last week? They lost to the Cowboys after oh, I picked right. them as my upset right. of the week. Right. right. And they looked great at the beginning. Right. And the first half they were just dominating yeah. and Dallas couldn't do anything. And right. then it's like they just and it's like they got up to that great lead in week one against Same thing. Same thing. They they have a great first half. They don't and then know how just, to play with the lead. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to play with the yeah. lead. And I blame Jay Gruden for that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still I'm still pissed off that Jay Gruden decided to to make Adrian Peterson a healthy scratch in Week One. I just think that's ludicrous because he doesn't play special teams. As I said last week, Adrian Peterson has never played special teams. Um, you do not make a future Hall of Famer a healthy scratch. That's disrespectful, and I think that reverberates in the locker room. I really do. Um. There could be another job opening this year in Washington, I believe. Oh, sure. I believe. Because the owner is a bit of a psycho, and uh, Jay Gruden isn't helping his own cause. Bears are four-point favorites in this. This one was a tough one for me because I hate the Bears, and the Redskins are just always kind of wishy-washy. But the Bears' defense is a difference maker here, and I have the Bears uh, winning both ways. Here's some trivia for you. Oh, good. In their last 18 Monday Night Football appearances, Mm -hmm. What is Washington's record against the spread? 0 oh, and 18. Close. 1 and 17. That's close. I, I always remember, and look, I'm not much for trends. I mean, I think they're largely bullshit, but I just always associate the Washington Redskins with playing like shit on Monday Night Football. I yeah. really do. It's like they get scared by the lights or something. Yeah, and so this uh, this is uh, this is one of those games where you don't want to be embarrassed on Monday night by any means. That's the last place you want to have an embarrassing showing at home especially and uh this one might not go too well i'm not 
supremely confident in Chicago because mostly because of Trubisky. But I have to say I'm taking them both ways here for sure. There's not a lot to like. Even if, again, even if Washington jumps out to a lead, they'll probably just fade and wilt again because they don't know what to do with the lead. So, yeah, Jay Gruden, you're absolutely right. He needs to uh, start uh, looking looking, looking elsewhere. Maybe He and maybe, Harbaugh uh, need yeah, to go exactly. tune up their resumes exactly. because I think they're going to be looking at the end of this season you is what it. I think. You got it. Um, we've got to run on this 393rd episode of Unscripted. Uh, Chris will get these picks up on our Patreon page before kickoff, the early kickoff tomorrow morning. Also, one note, we do reserve the right to make a change. If we do, uh, we will have that change and it'll be part of Chris posting it before the 11, well, I guess it'd be the noon Eastern time games or whatever the uh, hell one it is. One Eastern. One Eastern time, thank you. The one Eastern time games on Sunday. Uh, we've got to run, as I said. We thank everybody for participating and hope that you continue to do so. For the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.